Cerca di contrastarlo Juan Jesus, il tocco di Esciarawi, cerca il colpo di tacco, attenzione Nainggolan, riesce a mantenere il possesso di palla, palla sulla destra verso Bruno Perez, avanza Samir davanti a lui, ancora Bruno Perez cerca spazio, il tocco è arretrato è per Strottman, lancia in area di rigore per Nainggolan, tira go, go, go! Hello again and welcome to the Roma Press podcast. I'm James Goodison. I'm being joined by Roma Press editor John Solano. Now to say it's been a busy week for Roma is uh, is pretty much cutting it, uh, saying as little as possible. We've got a lot to get through. Later in the podcast, we're going to be joined by Terry Daly, who writes on AS Roma for ESPN. Um, John, in the last couple of hours before recording this podcast we might have an end to the never-ending saga of Riyad Mahrez let's let's talk about that what's happened what's gone down what are your views on it sure so um for anyone who was hoping for Mahrez to arrive their dreams were were dashed a little bit um we'll get into this a little more with Terry uh, with with Terry when we have him on but uh unfortunately it doesn't look like Mahrez is going to be arriving it uh, looks like Leicester uh, uh, rejected uh, Roma's offer of nearly 37 million euros, which, uh, um, you know, in this market, uh, I completely understand from Leicester's point of view as to why they would reject an offer of that size. Um, while it, you know, while it might be, um, from Roma's point of view, the biggest offer in their club's history, uh, in this market where we've seen a huge overinflation of prices, um I, I don't think it's unfair um, from Leicester's point of view to think maybe they could get 50 million euros for the player. Um, we saw Salago for 42 million euros plus 8 million euros in bonuses. Um, now, granted, I, I, I rate Salah a little higher than that, than, than Mara's. Um, but it, it's not um, in this market during this summer, um, from what we've seen, just the the ludicrousy from several clubs just overpaying um it's not unfair to think that Leicester could get more for for the player and again as they've stated they were in a position where they don't have to sell uh, um Roma were essentially bidding against themselves so you know if you're not going to meet the club's valuation of the player and you're the only club going after that player you're going to have to pay what the club asks and if you're not willing to do that um you're not going to get the player so we're going to see roma focus on other targets again we'll get into this a little more with terry here his opinion on the matter um but it's just a, a little bit of a regret. Um, it leaves a bit of a bitter taste in your mouth because uh, we've known Roma have been after this guy for the better part of the you know entire summer. Um, they've lost almost a month and a half trying to chase him. So um, obviously, Monchi has something up his sleeve. We you know we know he's going to be looking at other targets. We know he's been tracking other players. Um, you know, we've seen some of the names get thrown out in the in the media. We've seen prom, uh, Quincy Proms get thrown out. Uh, uh, Domenico Berardi, uh, Vasquez of uh, Madrid. Um, so we'll have to see. Uh, I tweeted this out earlier as of now. Um, I've had, 
you know, I, you know, I've been able to get in touch with some of the people close to him. As of right now, there's nothing with proms, uh, no contact, no bids, no nothing. Um, and that's a really good source on that. So, um, now granted this may change in the coming hours uh, with the news of Mares coming down, but, uh, Roma are going to have to look elsewhere and you really hope that, you know, in terms of uh, quality that their next target isn't far off from Mares just because obviously I think in terms of where he stood relative to some of the other targets we've, we've heard rumored or connected with Roma, uh, he was by far the strongest. So, uh, we'll just have to sit tight. There's a couple more weeks in the window. Um, and we'll just have to see. Okay, well, I mean, I think when it comes to Leicester and, and Mars and stuff, it really just shows how much weight the Premier League money has nowadays. Absolutely. You know, that's, yep. that's really the bottom line, because the only people who can match the prices that Premier League clubs set on their players are Premier League teams, or exactly. sort of the big three. Um, let's, let's talk about this weekend, Serie A kicks off, Roma, Atalanta, difficult game Atalanta seemed to be almost like a bogey team for Roma um, Roma looking like they're going to go for that 4-3-3 we've seen under Di Francesco Atalanta likely 3-4-2-1 that's being reported John how do you see this one going so as you said uh, this is a this is a club that always seems to give Roma fits uh, regardless of how high or how low they are on the table uh, Roma always seem to struggle with them, regardless of how well they're playing. Um, you know, in all honesty, this is a you know this is another topic we're we're going to discuss with Terry. But um, I'm not sure how he feels. But I would be content with the point. Um, Roma have looked horrible um, so far this preseason. Um, they did relatively well when they were in America. Um, we saw what happened this past week in Spain, uh, just getting obliterated. So uh, now I tweeted this out. How much weight are we supposed to put in preseason football? Um, for me, not a whole lot. Uh, what did we see last summer? Uh, Roma and Spalletti, they were s- extremely strong throughout the preseason. Very, very strong. Um, and how do they start the season? Well, they're knocked out in the qualifying stages of the Champions League by Porto. So um, how much stock should we put into preseason? Not a whole lot. Um, you know, uh, results aside, I, I think what we're supposed to be looking for is the team and how they're adapting to what Di Francesco wants. And, you know, I, I'm not even bothered by the result against uh, Sevilla and Celta. Um I'm more concerned about how the team does not seem to be fully grasping the tactics of Di Francesco yet. So you hope that obviously we're going to have the full week here um, up until the match. Uh, you really hope, hope that we can see some improvement in that regard. Tactically, they have been very poor this summer. Um, and it's not like however, he came in late either, is it? It's not like right, I remember right. like Mancini and Frank Frank De Boer that changeover where he came in really late. I mean, Di Francesco's been there for most of the summer. It's surprising that it's taken, you know, that there's still a, a lack of understanding on his tactics. I agree. Yeah, it's um, it's it's a bit concerning in that regard. I mean, again, I I'm not. You know, with the preseason football, you really try not to focus too much on the actual results. Um, that's not what the preseason is for. You know, you're not getting any points for for getting a result in Spain against Sevilla. Um, it, it just seems they're really struggling to understand his football. So, 
Um, granted, uh, this Sunday, uh, we're not going to see the strongest Atalanta. Um, uh, Spinazzola, he's, it looks like he's on his way to Juve. Um, he won't play. Um, they've lost, you know, obviously, Kessier to, to Milan. Um, so we're going to have to see. You know, they're... That 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 three three man at the back system of uh, Gasparini always seems to cause fits. Um, so we're we're going to have to see defensively they're strong. Um, I think where Roma are really going to have to, uh, you know, uh, you know, dig in and sort of um, show their strength is in the midfield. Um, that's where Atalanta are really 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 lacking. Um, you know, just in terms of quality. I mean Roma. Uh, with Nangolan, De Rossi, and uh, Strutman, uh, just the amount of quality they have relative to Atalanta is just so much higher. So that is where they're going to have to impose themselves. If they if they play poorly in the midfield, um, especially against some of the names that we're seeing, um, Atalanta, they have Freuler, um, and they ju- you know they just brought back um, uh, Martin Darun um, from England. So. We're going to have to see. The names in the midfield for Atalanta are not strong. Obviously, Roma are strong, stronger. Um, but the big thing is uh, Roma's back line versus Atalanta's attack. Uh, Patania, Gomez, two very, very, very strong players who, I mean, the result, their, their numbers last season spoke for themselves in that great season that Atalanta had. So uh, what am I expecting? Um, I mean, with the you know, being a, a Roma reporter Roma fan you always tend to expect the worst don't you um so would a loss surprise me no uh, would a draw surprise me no um I would be I would be shocked if they were to grab all three points um difficult stadium uh very fiery fans um and the way Atalanta play a lot of grit um they they do not play particular uh beautiful football very gritty so we're gonna have to see i think it's going to be difficult um prediction uh, i don't know about you james gun to my head um i'll go with two two what do you think yeah i definitely think um it's not gonna be a scoreless draw if it happens i'm i'm going with one all okay yeah that's i mean again um a draw would not surprise me and and in most respects i think most fans would see that as a positive result um especially relative to how atalanta did last season um if you just look at the table just i mean in terms of numbers i mean getting getting the result away from home against a team who finished in a europa league place um good result in my opinion i think the most important thing about this match is that roma don't embarrass themselves in, with with a lack of understanding of his tactics, because I think that a lot you know you can say whatever you want about um, preseason, but if you go into the start of the new season, your first game, especially with you know the the games coming up on the horizon, it's not like we have an easy run after this. Um, I think that we need to make sure we don't embarrass ourselves. All right, thank you for your questions, but now I'd like to welcome ESPN FC's Terry Daly with us onto the podcast. You can find Terry on Twitter at at T underscore daily. That's at T underscore D-A-L-E-Y. And you can also read his work on ESPNFC.com. Terry, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, How are you doing? Uh, I'm I'm, 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 
thank you very much. It's absolutely <laughs> roasting out here. I'm currently closed myself in the house with all the blinds down, hoping that the 36 degrees goes away fairly soon because I'm struggling out here a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I'm good. Better than what yeah. – <laughs> well, be, yeah, I mean – and I'm sure that's better than what than what I have here. Um, so let's yeah. let's get right to it. So, um, thankfully, in time, we got the news uh, regarding Mares that dropped roughly an hour or two ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so we found out that Mares um, uh, Roma had their offer rejected by Leicester. Um, they will not be accepting their. Uh, just under 40 million euro offer for the winger. Um, what is your opinion on this whole saga? Um, to me, uh, do you get the impression that maybe Roma have been wasting time and they lost quite a bit of um, opportunities to maybe look at other um, other targets and that maybe they've wasted too much time on this one player? Um, or do you think it was worth it, even though he won't be coming? Um, uh, just your general thoughts. I mean, yeah, I, I would tend to agree with you that I think it was, it has been basically a massive waste of time. I mean, it's been pretty clear for quite some time that Leicester were not going to take anything less than a minimum of 40 million for Mahrez. And that, and it's also been very clear that Roma were not going to meet that valuation. Um, and to be honest, I, I kind of understand why. I mean, I mean, last season, he sort of showed himself to be a player that um, is prepared to down tools when he doesn't like what's going on. And, and personally, I think Leicester's asking price was too high, um, even though, you know, he is a lovely player. And obviously when, you know, helping Leicester win the league, he showed what kind of a player he is. I mean, kind of player that can win a game with one piece of skill, can set up, you know, huge number of goals for his, you know, his teammates. Um, but I mean, if you look at the player, I mean, he hasn't really made that big a fuss about leaving. I mean, if you say, for instance, you look at... Um, a case in Italy. I mean, there's two cases in Italy this summer which have been quite big. So you've got the Kaiser Balde one at Lazio where he's really made a big fuss about wanting to go to Juventus. And, and Spinazzola at Atalanta, who despite having a, a year to go on his agreement to stay at Atalanta has, you know, decided, no, I'm going to Juve, I'm going to kick my toys out of the pram, have a hissy fit and, uh, you know, basically force the club to let me go. I mean, Maris hasn't done any of that. So... You know, in any case, you know, unless they're in a position where they don't need to sell, um, unless they get a mega offer, and I imagine they were hoping for a, if they were going to sell, they were hoping for a mega offer from somewhere else in the Premier League because that's the only league really where there's any kind of massive money floating around apart from PSG and the big the big three you know, in Europe. Um, so, you know, I think Roma, you know, should have really just taken the hint earlier and either got their wallet out, chucked the money at him or said, okay, it, when it's not going to happen and then pursued other options. Um, I mean, as, it's, as it stands as well, I mean, up until uh, about a couple of hours ago, I mean, Leicester knew that Roma wanted Mares and basically no one else. So not needing the money, they could just sit there and let Roma kind of stir in their sort of inadequate offers because, sure. you know, there's no need for them. There's no pressure on them to sell. So you either go in like Liverpool did with in the case of Salah and you say, all right, you know, you you want that money? Okay, we really want the player, we'll spend it. Or you just kind of close the deal down and go somewhere else. I mean, for me, I mean, that's my personal opinion, not being a transfer guru. Right, no, and I completely agree. Now, given that Mares is not coming, who, 
So Mulchi has made it no uh, no secret that they need a right winger, preferably mm. one who is left footed. I mean, um, I mean, this is more of a Pellegrini issue, not Pellegrini. So this is more of a, a Di Francesco issue rather than a, a Monchi issue. I think. I mean, as far as I understand, it's Di Francesco who wants a winger, who's a right winger who's left footed, um, and Monchi trying to find that particular player. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to find. I mean, to be honest with you. I mean, like we said before we came on the broadcast, I'm, I'm really not a fan of, of transfer gossip, so I, I tend not to keep too much of an eye on, you know, scouting players for potential Roma positions. So, I mean, I'm not really in a position to say what kind of player other than Mares could fulfil that role. I mean, part of me thinks if you're that desperate um, to have a player of that quality and on that in that position who has those particular characteristics and why not keep Salah? Sure. No, I, I completely agree. And then maybe if you need the money, like Roma do need the money because obviously every 30th of June, they have to make sure that their books are in line and um, they can't, they can't have too much of a deficit, you know, so they need to sell players before the start of June. Um, okay. Well, maybe you sell Niangalan or maybe you sell uh, Strootman or maybe you sell another big name player. If you're in that kind of position, but if you're, desperate to keep a, a particular type of player there's not that many of them around really good right wingers who play with their left foot um, then in that case it, make, it makes for me makes more sense just to keep Salah sure no I I would agree obviously you have the financial fair play aspect of it mm. um, now if I we you know a ton of names have been thrown out there there's been mm. uh, I mean obviously Vasquez isn't there yeah, we've Vasquez seen Vasquez, yeah. um, and I, I, you know, one of the questions uh, we got from Twitter was um, Roma. Te- you know, they tend not to look uh, in Italy for players, or mm-hmm. let me rephrase that: they tend not to look for Italian players within Italy. Yeah. Um, if someone threw out the name Berardi um, as a potential replacement, what what would you think of that? Is he a player you like? Um, I, I mean, yeah, I do like him, but I mean, that's all I want 40 million euros for him. Right. Um, it, and, I, and, yeah. and I don't think he's a 40 million euro player. Much the same, I don't think Maris is a 40 million euro player. Um, I think, and, and I think if anything, Maris is a better player than Berardi. Um, I mean, part, I mean, the weird thing, I mean, what the weird thing about these transfers is, is you know, okay, we've got Defrel, we've got Pellegrini. Um, do we really need to be signing Sassuolo's whole team? I mean, <laughs> Sassuolo, Sassuolo are, are, are a lovely little team and they've been built very well by a club that knows how to manage its books and, you know, very virtuous and all of that, you know, even leaving aside sort of buying another team's stadium, which is what they did um, in a city that isn't theirs. Um, but, I mean, the, on the pure sort of cold, hard facts looking at Sassuolo, you know, they're a very well-run club, but they're a middling team. Right. You know, Berardi is a good player, but I'm not convinced, again, we're going back to the, are they improving what we already have or what we've sold? I'm not convinced Berardi is an improvement on Salah. And I don't, sure. I don't, I don't see where Sassuolo are getting their 40 million euro valuation prompt, to be honest with you. I mean, I think getting Pellegrini from Sassuolo, even though he was, you know, in, a, in a, all basically the way the original deal to Sassuolo was was structured, he was effectively still a Roma player. Um, I, you know, I think that that's the player you want from Sassuolo. You know, I think they've done good to get him in. But in terms of, you know, Berardi, I mean, I like him and I think he's a good player. But if they had said, 
25 to 30 million, yeah, go for him. But 40 is just outrageous. Terry, can we talk slightly about uh, how you've evaluated the early days of Monchi so far and uh, how you think his style has compared to that of Sabatini's uh, during his time in the job? Well, I mean, like you say, it's, it's early. I mean, you know, it's his first proper transfer window. And to be honest with you, I mean, in any case, like Sabatini, he's operating under the constraints of a club that has to sell in order to buy. So, I mean, even if he... He's working in a, in a... It's not an easy position, the sporting director um, at Roma, in terms of transfers, because you know that every summer you're going to have to flog one of your best players, basically, if you want to kind of make sure that you've still got a team that can challenge for Champions League places. Um, I, what I do like... I mean, I was I really, really impressed with the way he handled the Salah deal. I thought that was, you know, he just held firm. I mean, despite the fact that the club needed the money, I mean, they could have very easily gone, oh, oh we really need the money for the balance sheet. OK, let's just sell him. But, you know, they, he stood out and he said, no, we want this money. If you don't, if you're not going to pay it, like Leicester are doing with Maris, if you don't want to pay it, then you can't have the player. That's the deal. You know, I like that was good. That was a good early sign. I really like the signings, um, the, the signings in June of Pellegrini and Karsdorp, who I think is a brilliant player. I mean, even though he might not, he's not going to play until October now, I'm kind of slightly worried about this supposedly routine knee operation that took place in July. Um, but I mean, if he comes back and he gets and he's and he's fully fit when he comes back, I think that's he's such a huge improvement on Perez. Um, and he's young and he can attack and defend, and I really like that. That's a, that's a really good kind of watching of the transfer market and seeing a player that not only can add value in terms of um, making money when you eventually sell him on, but also adds really adds something new to the team. Um, but apart from cars, not really. I mean. I don't know. I don't really see it. Like I said before, I don't really see anyone who improves what Roma already has or sold. So we're looking at, say, the gaps that have been left by Salam Rudiger, which they've not filled. I mean, Moreno is not as good as, he's not shown himself to be as good as Rudiger as yet. Um, and no one has come in to replace Salah. I mean, Defrel is not a right winger and he wasn't bought to be a right winger in a front three. He was bought to be support for Dzeko. Um, so there's a huge hole there. And until El Shorari is fit, or uh, possibly Forenzi is fit, because I think Forenzi could work there, um, I don't really see the, the the club has kind of really plugged the gaps that it needs to plug in order to be competitive. If it's really got ambitions to kind of challenge Juventus and the resurgent Milan clubs and Napoli next year in terms of trying to win the title. Um, I mean, even if you look at Pellegrini, who's a signing I really like, and Gonalons, who is another good player, who I think really, they, those two players really bolster the midfield and, and are great in terms of having a Champions League campaign. Um, but they're not going to start ahead of De Rossi or Struman or Nyangalan, all things being equal. I mean, they're those in that 450 formation, they are going to take those front, those three places as long as they're not injured. Um, so, like I said, you know, apart from Defrel being support for Jekyll, he's not competition. You know, he's not going to take it. I thought I'd be very surprised if he took. Jekko's position over the course of the season. Um, Kolarov is a good signing, like him a lot. But I mean, again, would he even be here if Emerson hadn't got injured? Um, so I mean, and I'm kind of disappointed that I mean, Monchi basically had to sell Rudiger. That's not really his fault, you know. He had to sell Rudiger because the Manolas transfer to St. Petersburg collapsed. 
reportedly over the fact that Manolas didn't want to be paid in rubles. I mean, I'm, I don't have any sources as to whether that's true or not. But um, if it is, that's a pretty ludicrous reason for a transfer to that. <laughs> Reminds um, me of that Javinio private island rumour that went around. Um, yes. Very similar. I hope that's that. true. Yeah, I so hope that's I. true. <laughs> so do I. I mean, I'm not, I'm not entirely convinced it is, but um, those kind of stories make the transfer window at least somewhat interesting, yeah. as opposed, to, you know, as opposed to sort of a, a sort of three-month-long dirge of, uh, you know, loans of options to buy of, you know, second division centre backs going to Holland or whatever, you know. Exactly. Um, so, um, um, I mean, the other thing, the only other thing that, that kind of. I mean, again, not being a big transfer guy, this slipped me by the reasons why we lost Kessier to Milan. I can only assume Milan just basically offered him a sack load more money and said, look, you know, we're really going big for the title next year and for the Champions League uh, qualification. You know, would you come here? And he kind of looked at the project and went, all right, I'll go. Um, but given that Roma were on him for such a long time, I kind of find that disappointing that they let him slip away. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's, it's been it's been a mixed bag from Monchi so far. But I mean, he he is working within particular constraints, and all in all, he seems. I mean, I like he's doing a good job. But if he manages to find a replacement for Salah and another centre back, and maybe ship out, say, Juan Jesus, um, then I would consider it a very good window. As the moment is kind of it's a middling window. Okay, um, we talked about the transfers. Let's talk about. Uh, performances on the pitch as well mm. what do you make of the sort of limited amount of time we've seen Di Francesco uh, sort of uh, with his team and his tactics obviously not the greatest of performances in Spain um, the less no. said about them the better perhaps against Sevilla yes. and uh, Celta Vigo but, um, yes. but what, what are you making of him so far? Um, look he's a good coach and he's shown that that's what look, he's a good coach he knows how to get a team to play good football and he's obviously struggling to get this team to adapt to his style of football um, I mean they, they'd spent you know all last season playing a particular type of football under Spalletti that I think probably got the most out of the players that he had that Spalletti had at his disposal um, but I, I'm not necessarily convinced that he can get through a season playing this 4-3-3 formation with the players that he's got um, I, I just I'm not convinced that that um, Nyangolan and Strutman are really comfortable playing this kind of football in which they have to kind of really expand out to the flanks a lot and Nyangolan doesn't really get to kind of play those late runs you know into the box like he did last season because he really settled into that behind the front man position and it really looked like he kind of kicked himself on a bit in terms of his career and his his football he played um, but I mean yeah, it's hard to say really I mean the, the I thought that even though the, the performances in Spain were pretty crap let's be honest I mean they weren't very good um, I thought I was encouraged by some of the stuff I saw in the States you know I thought the performance against Spurs was pretty good. I mean, it's a classic Roma thing to do to chuck away a two-goal lead, you know, with only a few minutes remaining. But <laughs> you know, um, apart from that, they should. I mean, Spurs are a very, very good team and can legitimately probably challenge for the Premier League this season. And they gave them, you know, a good game. You know, they they put up a good fight against them and you know won. I think deservedly won. Um, so you know that was good. You know, performance against PSG was good. Um, 
the performance against Juventus was was good at the end of the day. You know, I, you know, there's definitely encouraging signs there. I don't think we should let the Celta Vigo um, match colour our opinions too much. I mean, it, it was kind of a horrible, stark comparison to make with that because I was watching. Um, that I watched the the friendly with Celta Vigo, and then obviously immediately after we switch over to Rye, and we've got the Italian Super Cup, and you've got Lazio giving Juventus an absolute pasting, really, for the best part of an hour, and that was a bit of a, a shock, you know, watching mm. watching Lazio and 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 specifically looking at the players that they'd bought in for a relative pittance, doing such incredible job against the basically invincible champions of the last six years. You know, you look at the signing of going back to the transfer, sorry, but you look at the signings of Immobile for like less than 10 million euros. And you think, why are we not doing that? You know, those kind of signings where you bring in a player that really just completely changes the the team and changes the outlook and, and really kind of pushes things on developmentally in terms of having a, a you know, a new style or, or making the team better than it was before. Um, and they've got tons of players in their team like that. I mean, even, you know, if you, I mean, Anderson, we all know about, and then you look at their back line, look at the Ridge and, and Wallace and all of these players, and you think, yeah, we could do with some of that. Um, but, I mean, in terms of Di Francesco himself, I think, you know, he'll get it right eventually. I mean, uh, my main concern with him is, will he have the time to do it? Is Because you know what Roma fans are like. Um, right, yep. You know, you give it 10 weeks... If, if Roma are in 11th and there's no immediate sign of progress or, or, or change in form, you'll start to get protests and you will start to see pressure in the press on the manager and on the players and on the directors and the usual sort of nonsense that surrounds the club will burst up again. And um, we'll probably end up seeing articles about, oh, why doesn't Totti you know, come out of retirement and come back and play again, you know. that That's the kind of level we're talking about here. So, you know, I think if the club give him time and accept the fact that this season is probably going to be another transitional season because you can't expect him to come in, impose a new style of play and then win the league against, you know, teams that have more money than them and have, more, and have a more established eleven like Napoli do, um, they'll be all right. I'm slightly concerned about whether they'll be able to fend off um, Inter for the Champions League because I think Juve and Napoli are definitely going to be in the top three at least and look at AC Milan and you know you'd have to think that they're going to be pushing for the top four as well right I mean and and Spalletti going to Inter I mean that's a really good signing for them because I you know unapologetically rate Spalletti very highly Um, I think he did a brilliant job at Roma and I'm kind of a bit gutted that he ended up getting basically booted out by the not by the press but by you know right. by, by the general atmosphere that was around the club last season and the fact that the whole Totti's last season emotional meltdown that kind of surrounded the club when there were much bigger much more important targets to worry about um, kind of ruined Spalletti's season effectively and kind of forced him to go um, so yeah I mean we need to give Di Francesco two, two pretty much a season, at least a season and a half before we can start judging his work. And I think given the positive signs we saw against Spurs and Juventus in particular, um, I'm not that discouraged going into the season. I don't think 
they get, you can realistically say they're going to challenge for the title. Sure. No, I I would concur on most of that. Um, now, keeping up the potentially discussion of the potential negative discussion of mm. awful football. Um, <laughs> Roma play at Atlanta this weekend, where they, if, if there were three clubs you could pick that who aren't the bigger clubs, um, mm. who you fear Roma facing. For me, every single season, it is mm. undoubtedly them. Um, yeah. Roma always seem to struggle against them. They never seem to be able to break them down. They always seem to see just stupid goals against them. Um, yeah. What are you expecting this weekend? Um, obviously, always a difficult place to play. Um, for me, one of the dreariest cities in all of, all of Italy. Um, <laughs> they're incredibly, fans are... incredibly harsh. You have <laughs> obviously, you have obviously never been to Tavni. That's all I'm going <laughs> to say to you, right? I, well, that's a, I, we could do a whole other podcast on that, but <laughs> obviously, you know, they've got the very uh, the fiery fans. Um, yeah, what are you, are, are you expecting them to get the result, or are you of the mindset this was a club that finished in a Europa League place last season? Let's get the point and be happy with it. Um, it, it just seems this is one of the teams that they always seem to struggle against, regardless of their position in the table. Um, a point at Atalanta is a good result, basically. I mean, that's the way I'd look at it. It's not uh, – if they go there and win and win well, uh, it's a sign that maybe I'm wrong about them not changing for the title. That's how difficult it is to go there. And it's not just Roma that struggle there. Lots of teams struggle there. You know, They gave Napoli an absolute paste in there last season at home. Um, you know, Like you say, they probably got – I would say consistently the most sort of I would say not loudest because they don't have that many people there but like for pound for pound probably the most atmospheric stadium in the country um, they have very very loud very aggressive very um, passionate supporters um, it's a classic old school stadium so you can really kind of it feels gritty when you go there you know um, and they play like that they play with grit um, I mean, the thing that I would be slightly worried about if you're looking at it on, in, on a purely technical level is the fact that um, the Roma's back line looks, uh, you know, looks like a, a cheese grater at the moment. You know, you just pour water through it and it just, you know, it's just tumbling out, you know. Like, um, and they've got Gomez and Petania up front and those, those, are, those are two serious footballers, you know. Um, Petania knows how to bash up a back line and Gomez is just class. I mean, he's just a class act. Um so that would be my main concern there. I mean, the, the main the main plus points that we've got respect to last season's um, capitulation there is that there's no Spinazzola, probably. Um, he'll be most likely at Juventus by the time the match kicks off. Um, and they don't have Gagliardini and Kessier anymore. Because the really last season, the, the, thing, the thing that crushed Roma last year was those two. They came in and they just wiped out Roma's midfield. I mean, they went through them like a train. You know, like a train going through Blamange, basically. They just went straight <laughs> through Bones midfield. Kicked, I mean, Strootman was just, you know, there's a powerful midfielder and there's a sort of midfielder who's used to um, charging about the place and putting the boot in and, and, you know, stamping his authority on it. It was just, you know, a whelk, basically. He was just booted about the place. Nangalan couldn't really get going. I mean, 
that 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 that's the positive thing. I think if if De Rossi, I mean De Rossi's probably not going to play because he's injured. I think um, if Guy Lons comes in and does the job he's supposed to do, um, and something clicks in midfield, I mean you've got to hope that Nangolan and Strutman suddenly click and go, okay, I understand what this role is all about now. And if that happens, then yeah, I think Roma can win. Um, otherwise, it's going to be a, a torrid day, you know, and a point is perfectly fine. Um, yeah. No, I I would be happy with a point. Um, I completely agree. They they were very strong last season. Um, they were fantastic at home. So I mean, and, and, that would be and, a good and, result. And, and, and good luck to them. You know, I mean, they've done it with right. a lot of young. They've done it with a lot of young players. They've done it with a manager who everyone thought was finished. Um, they do it. They're doing it at a very very unfashionable place, like you say. I mean, even Bergamo's dreary. You know. And it's, you know, it is, it's, you know, it's not glamorous there, but you know, they managed to put out a team there that really, you know, punched above its weight, and that's the sort of thing that you really want to see, um, a team like that going on and, and holding together and getting into Europe, because you know, without that, it's just a, con- you know, continual procession of Milan into Juve, Roma, Napoli, you know, and that's not good for a league. You know, you need teams like that to come in. and and you know, shake things up every now and again. So you know, of course, I I'm right there with you. Um, again, everyone, you can find them on Twitter at t underscore daily. That's t underscore d a l e y. You can read them on espnfc.com. Terry, thank you so much for the time. So really, for... really appreciate it. Thank you. That's all from us today on the AS Roma Press podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you can get the newest one pop into your phone as soon as it's available. We start uh, with our first game of the season on the, the weekend. Let's hope for a good result. See you next week.